0: All right. And welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guest proper. All three of them, Eric, Tasha, Eli, are on the show this week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to all who are subscribing to the show on your podcast player of choice. I'd like to invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com, and check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at betteryetpod. How we doing today? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram at daggermtncoffee, my favorite coffee roaster in the U.S. of A, right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the home of Better Yet. Since October of 2020, let me take a moment here to plug my latest web development project, Riffin, Riffin.io. Riffin is a guitar tablature sketchpad built by yours truly, along with a small development team of amateur guitar players who grew up using websites like UltimateGuitar.com. 911 tabs. It's how we learn to play our favorite songs on guitar and bass. We built Riffin with a little more focus on the editor. Our custom built editor is sharp and intuitive. It's a great way to write out your song ideas and store them safely and securely with our AWS serverless backend. Check it out, riffin.io. A reminder to all of you out there that I am a full stack developer for hire. BerrietPodcast at gmail.com or tim at berrietpod.com to get in touch about any web development, interview inquiries, podcast editing. Hit me up, tim at berrietpod.com. How are we doing, Bubbas? Happy to be here. We've got all three members of Proper on the show, rolling deep. This is a very fun interview to share with you all this week. We're on a bi weekly release schedule now. I started a new job. Things are good over there. Honestly, being at work has given me a chance to listen to a lot more music. A lot of great records have been coming out the past few weeks. That new Pony record is really fucking good. Our friend Stuck put out a new LP, Freak Frequency. I went to see the album release show this past weekend. Stuck played with Spread Joy and the heroes, Milk Belly. Malk Belly played some new songs, too. Sounded fucking great. Also went to see Laura Stevenson play Wheel for the 10-year anniversary. Oceanator opened that show. A couple good gigs. Sure do love music. My guest this week, Eric Garlington, Natasha Johnson, and Elijah Watson of the band Proper. Proper, a band from Brooklyn, New York that started in 2017 who released one of my favorite records last year, an album called The Great American Novel that was produced by our friend Bart T. Strange. It's a record that combines all sorts of sounds. an emo record. You can hear some At The Drive-In, Mars Volta, even some System of a Down in there. The Great American Novel is a concept record that's meant to read like a book. Every song is a chapter following the protagonist through their 20s, as Eric puts it. Like a queer black Holden Caulfield type. Coming up in the 2010s. Great stuff. Eric's always been a lyricist that I find super engaging. And we get into a lot of where that comes from. And also we got Tasha and Eli on here too. The crew runs deep. This is such a fun interview. And I'm excited to share it with you today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. We will see you in two weeks. For now, here's me. And proper.
1: You this
2: year. You been for you
0: and I'm sitting here with all three members of Proper. We got the three of you on better yet this week. Thanks for coming, everybody.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
2: Really Thank you for having it. us.
3: Good to be here.
0: It's exciting to have the last time we did like a full band interview was all all four members of Reviver were packed into my uh tiny bedroom oh. in Chicago. <laughs> nice though. That's that's sick. It certainly was. It was like really a kind <laughs> of wild scenario, a bit of uh a bit of pinching going on like
1: you you all are really in here in my tiny little bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tend to be like Oh, you want to interview? What if we're all there? Because I'm such a nervous person. So I've, we always just mob deep. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> so, how did y'all meet? Oh, God. Um, so, me initially, I moved to New York nine and a half years ago now, being like, I'm going to jo- start a band. And then, like, probably three years went by of just no luck. No. <laughs> and then I was just like, you know what would make this even harder if I decided to make this an all black band? So, then, like, even more time <laughs> goes by. And then um, my now partner used to be just friends. And she, or she was like, Hey, I used to see this guy named, oh God, Elijah, I'm so sorry. What's your cousin's name? Ahmad. Ahmad. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, Ahmad, if you <laughs> ever listen to this. She was like, I used to date this guy named Ahmad. Um, he has a cousin who was either just moving here, or I don't know if at that time you were already here or not.
2: I think uh, you were already I was, here. I was moving. I was moving. Okay.
1: Okay, so she was like, when he gets there, I can put you on a contact. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then she's like, he is also black. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely then. Please, please, I beg of you. (laughs) And then then Elijah moved here. Uh, I tried to not be too thirsty because drummers are such so hard to find. And Mm. I was just like, hey, man, do do you want to just like kick it sometime? When in my head I was just like, please be my drummer. I don't even know you, but please, God. Um, And then for some reason he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then – I think what we met, I started showing you the songs, and then what's the, what, was, what was the time like that from then? Because from then that to Tosh, is just a haze to me. Like, what did we do?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a blur. Um, <laughs> we that did was, so much. Yeah, and we were so Great White up until, I honestly can't really remember up until when we were Great White. But during that yeah. period of time, we were a two-piece, Great White. We would mm-hmm. practice, was it called the Rivington? Or was it on Rivington Street? Oh, my Street? God.
1: Yeah, the Rivington, but it's on Rivington Street, too. But the Rivington yeah. practice spaces, I forgot all
2: about that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we practiced there. And, yeah, for a while, it was just a two-piece. And then I will give it back to Eric so he can intro when Tosh came in. Oh, in, yeah.
3: my, in my mind, they were just waiting patiently by the room, <laughs> for me. There was no in-between time. <laughs> Just Tosh. Really yeah but, but it's like in the interim it's like i was like all right
1: elijah i w- fucking ep here's 12 songs to learn so we did that <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we, yeah we got all this merch made website all the uh, you know emails and and ads whatever they're called uh handles and like did all of that stuff and then like i think a month before the record was supposed to come out i pretty much have re- re- resigned that we weren't going to meet a black bassist either and then intro to tosh Take it away.
3: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so one September fourth day of two thousand
1: and seventeen. Damn, know the whole day like, too. Nice. I don't know.
3: Ten thirty p.m. Just throwing numbers out there that are <laughs> accurate sounds like I right. Up, <laughs> I wound it up at um, a rooftop show. There was some audio sessions, like music sessions, called. Go ahead.
1: Oh. oh. Chris Charles. yes, nosebleed, nosebleed sessions,
0: yeah. Oh, sure, nosebleed. I remember
3: nosebleed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went up to the rooftop. I'm like, I can't stand these acoustic craps. Like, I'm I a, <laughs> and I just drink it the whole night. And then they're like, Oh, there's people outside. I'm like, Okay, let's go up here. I went up here, and there was this <laughs> there was this man standing with his acoustic guitar and playing in front of all these sitting white people, and pretty much just talking about. How America sucks. I'm black. This <laughs> sucks. You people suck. That's <laughs> what I gathered from the moment. So I'm sitting there and he's playing I, was, all- I
1: really was so disrespectful
3: <laughs> he's playing all the songs. I think it was the American way at the time. Um yes. probably twenty beep twenty to thirty to fifty BPMs faster, I found out than normal. <laughs> <laughs> As nervous. it goes
0: with the live set, yeah. There, yeah, and yeah. yeah.
3: And I'm looking up. I'm listening to every single word and I start crying. I I literally, I remember this clear as day. I started crying. And then when he finished, which I think it was like four songs done in maybe four minutes. I don't know. Very quick set. (laughs) Afterwards, I was just like, I got to say something. I'm nervous. You know, I -hmm. don't say things to people, especially when I get intimidated by things of that nature. But when I saw Eric, I just said, I have to say something. I need I need to be a part of this in some form (laughs) of fashion. So I stumble, and I mean stumble, over to him after the set. And I'm like, hey, hey, are you in a band? Can we be in a band? I'll play anything. Do you need a guitarist? Do you play rhythm guitars? Like, I am a rhythm guitarist. I can play lead. I don't know how to play lead. (laughs) And I didn't let him get a word in, edgewise. Um, (laughs) i just kept talking until i caught myself and i think i ran away but i came back and i think i gave you my contact information or yeah I got your number
1: or your ig or something yeah
3: I'm probably all 10th or above yeah um <laughs> and then i don't remember what happened after that at least not oh. that night
1: <laughs> and, and then i went back to elijah at our next practice i was like so i met this girl she's black Uh, She said she would play anything. Like we needed a bassist. If you're down, she was really intense though. But like, if you're down, (laughs) we should we should see if she's down.
3: I think I cried again the next day because I thought I screwed it up so bad. I was like, I went too hard on him. He was like shaking. He kind of backed away. I went too hard. Screw it up. What do I do? It's like waiting to text back. You know, yeah, type situation.
1: Oh my god It was god. probably Elijah being chill is always being like, oh, I mean if she's intense, that means she's just excited, man. Let's give it a shot. Me being me, I normally be like, nah. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure something along those lines is like, yeah, she's excited and she's down. Let's <laughs> let's let's bring her in
1: yeah yeah verbatim it sounds like such a you like sentence to say you probably <laughs> said that exact
2: same thing to me yeah.
1: <laughs> and then like fast forward to be like yeah our album comes out in like a month and we have like two two or three shows lined up can you learn like 10 songs and then she did <laughs> and then yeah. what like three four weeks later you played your first i think our second or third right. show ever she played i
3: think with us week. and three yeah with- she
1: Learned a yeah. lot in three weeks, yeah. Wow. <laughs>
3: First practice, I think I tried to nail down like five songs or something of that nature, because I was nervous as hell. Yeah. yeah. And there's even a picture of it. I think you took a picture of me. I remember the shirt I was wearing. Um mm-hmm. Don't remember the band. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, I just went, we just did it. And then the whole, the whole, yeah, by the way, we have a show, three shows coming up. And also, everything's recorded and everything's dropping. In like two weeks, so <laughs> wow. That. I think it was yeah. November. Still, yeah.
1: Here we are, seven
0: seven years later. So <laughs> it worked out. It's oh, so God. funny because like listening to uh, <laughs> the suburbs ruined my life. It's like, Eric, this is your dream that somebody comes up to you and and talks to you at a show. So it's it's yeah. Cr- and Natasha must have been super intense if she was <laughs> too intense for you. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just like I never got that kind of attention because I'm used to playing to, like, white people. It's like, oh, yeah, six set, bro. I'm going to play about how much I hate my my hometown. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> the double intensity of being like, wow, like, you, you're so intense because you feel this. And, like, clearly I, it was very obvious she was crying. And it's just like, so, like, the oh, wow, I've never had this type of conversation before intense on top of, like, and you're black and you play me. It was just a, it was very overwhelming in the, in the best way. You know, oh, what I mean? it's so sweet. I love that so much. It's probably Nat- the, like the, the, the intensity that I gave to Elijah or tried to not, tried to play off like I was cool as a cucumber when I wasn't. So yeah, it's was right. just the line of succession of intensity.
3: <laughs> I didn't even know that you were actually phased so hard until after, years after.
1: <laughs> Shouts out to <the> Masking, <laughs> yes. baby. I've been masking since I, before I knew what it was.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, uh,
0: Natasha, let's, let's start with you. Where did you grow up?
3: <laughs> okay. so I was born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware. Three of Two Wrecking mm-hmm. Crew, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: bro. Oh my
1: god, the trenches, <laughs> okay. you know.
3: It's, 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 people don't know, but uh, I was born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware, until I was about seventeen, and then I lived in Philadelphia on and off for about ten years. I lived overseas for a little bit, like in Germany, in the UK. Oh, wow. Then I lived in Chicago. And after Chicago, I moved to New York <laughs> in 2011. Where were you living in
0: Chicago? I'm in Valparaiso, Indiana now, but Chicago was home <laughs> for 10 years
3: yeah, I lived in Chicago. I think I moved there in 2008, 2009. Okay. And I first moved into a room in Logan Square, yeah. you know, back then. And then I did a little bit, I don't know, what's it called Five Points, what have you. And then mm-hmm. I moved to Humboldt Park. And Humboldt Park was my last known location.
0: Dude, same.
3: At North and Humboldt.
0: Yeah, yeah we were at um, North and Ketsey. Cool. So yeah, I quite had quite close. Yeah. Oh man, Small world!
3: I loved Chicago. I loved it so much that I have uh, the skyline tattooed on my my body, a side piece.
1: Oh, nice! Oh my God, yeah. I forget that you have that. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: huge. Yeah, <laughs> it says never forget, because then I moved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you were when you were growing up, was there music in the house?
3: Yes, there was music in my house. My dad was, you know, a poet. He was very oh, wow. musically inclined, but couldn't pay, play any instrument. Um, my parents are from Jamaica. They moved here in, I don't know, the 60s, late 60s, around whenever and Wilmington was burning, around that time. No. Um, there a kind of a mass like emigration of, around that time from, with Jamaicans moving to Delaware primarily because they could get jobs oh, wow. at the Chrysler plant. Yeah, and sure. And it so happens yeah. that a lot of Jamaicans, including Bob Marley, also was part of that that wave, those waves wow. of going in, you know to be a great undocumented worker worker that actually paid well so my mom my dad always had musical people over in our basement, and he found out that I had inclination to it, so he started feeding into that you know he yeah. bought me my first acoustic guitar um, he found out that I kept in the basement playing music, so he would slowly go to a second hand store and, and buy me you know, a recorder here, you know, a drum set mostly with some of the pieces involved, you know, an amp that isn't for guitars. Like he bought (laughs) everything to keep me busy. Mm -hmm. And um, so I played, I originated on guitar. I've been playing guitar since I was about 10 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the first time I played bass, I think I was about 20. And that was when I was living in Philadelphia. I played bass for a band called The Telltale Heart. Okay, cool?
2: do I do know that band? I don't <laughs> it's know. It's also that where that I met bad, yeah.
3: a lot of my Philly friends, mm-hmm. which, um, all Philly hardcore kids. Oh, yeah, Philly hardcore. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of them didn't, but um, <laughs> I know a lot of them. Philly that. hardcore was kind of dangerous for a little bit. I... <laughs> Tell me about it, yeah. <laughs> and I was in the thick of it. This is like early 2000s. I was yeah. in the thick of it for some reason, I don't know why, but. It was a whole thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I went to a show. I'm from New Jersey originally, and I went to a show that oh, oh I swear. it was at a cafe in somerset that i can't quite remember the name of it now i'm gonna remember it like the moment we get off the phone is this how it goes um Always. but yeah that band horror show was playing and my my oh, friend was man. like just don't look at anybody like the wrong way i'm like what, <laughs> what are you talking about
3: <laughs> no i love horror show yeah i did too i've known Nikki for a bit as well mm-hmm. i think the first time i met him <laughs> this is so sad we were playing um me and a bunch of other people. He happened to be there. That's how I'll, I'll say it. We're playing "Spend the Bottle" in my place in West Philly, <laughs> which got you know with a bunch of harky kids, it got a little out of control. But um, wait,
1: wait, wait. Again, you were in Philly well into your twenties, correct?
3: That is correct.
1: All right, "Spend the Bottle" is timeless. Continue. Yeah. Sorry,
3: <laughs> it's pretty much so timeless. we get into it, <laughs> we also played soccer in the hallways. You know, mm-hmm. and that was a place where we paid. I don't know. Three hundred dollars for a five bedroom, cash only. Uh, we didn't ask questions. Nice. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So, nice. Horror Show is great. I love them. Love the members. Love the band. Mm-hmm. Nikki great till this day.
0: Good so, Eli, what about you? Where are you from originally?
2: I'm from El Paso, Texas, 915 oh. till I die,
0: <laughs> since we're
2: going with these area code rhyme plays. Um, yeah, um, born and raised there, spent most of my life there up until I was like 18, yeah. and then I moved to Austin to attend UT Austin, where I majored in journalism, Um oh, nice. prior to Yeah. Um, Prior to that, um, I'm trying to think. Yes, um, like music was very integral. Uh, My grandma was like the choir director at the church we used to attend in El Paso. So my gateway into drumming is halfway drumming at the church we used to attend, Mm -hmm. as well as just kind of like drumming on the side, because... In El Paso, I don't. I didn't really play drums in any bands until like <laughs> I left, like to yeah. go to Austin. Was um, there music?
0: Uh, like, was there a music scene when you were in high school, or was you, you go to Austin to see
2: shows? Oh no, yeah. One, I would never do that. So, like Austin uh-huh. till El Paso was like a twelve-hour drive. Oh
0: sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I mean, fortunately, Yeah, fortunately enough, El Paso was at least like big enough to where maybe like every few months we'd have like a big band come through like um mm. taking back sunday was pretty frequent silverstein was pretty frequent it was primarily more of like the grindcore bands of the aughts that were like more frequent just because the same thing with jersey el paso was just hella violent <laughs> it was like the scene was just crazy like it was just like same thing where like there was this like r.i.p to like the venue but it was called chicks and so like heavy heavy low low the number 12 looks like you all those type of all those type of bands would come through but like of course every one of those shows like seven fights would break out security (laughs) guards would drag the people out and be like you can fight outside but you can't fight in here naturally (laughs) yeah you you know you could very much tell like it was, like, school rivalry type shit where it was, like, some person would see some person there and, like, you could tell mm. it's, like, intentional warfare. Um, I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was, like, that, um, you know, around that time, obviously, it's, like, post at the drive-in, more like Volta oh, sure. era, yeah. you know, so it's, like... It, by by then, you know, obviously they, they weren't around, but so the main kind of, I feel like the main kind of fixture at that time was definitely more like grindcore, hardcore, stuff like that, which I was immersed in. Yeah. Um, but I also played trombone, so I was also immersed in like ska and jazz. So it was all these kind of weird intermingling of genres um, during that time when I was there.
0: Yeah, were you playing drums in grindcore bands?
2: I wish. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, I just, I was starting out in the church. It took me a while to translate to playing drums loudly because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm playing for like old people. I don't want them to go deaf death <laughs> or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. So occasional it's like, praise break. You know, <laughs> yeah, aside from that, you know, <laughs> that was the only time. But I'll never forget auditioning for a band and like playing and and me being like I feel like I'm really quiet. I'm not really hitting it hard enough and that ended up being the reason why I didn't get selected. But so like <laughs> grindcore and playing heavier music as a drummer did not come until like I was in in Austin. Um so it took it took a while to to get to that get to that point.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Eric. What about you? I got your your childhood mapped out a little bit more because you sure you've told your life
1: story in in three records, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you you were growing up all over the place. Yeah. So various area codes. Um. Sorry, I can't list off any of them. I hated most <laughs> of the places I was in. Um. But yeah, my mom was in the Air Force for thirty-five years. Just too fucking long, wow. honestly. Um, sorry. Can I cuss? I already did, but can yeah, I yeah, yeah, you can. Okay, it's okay. We got Too the little fucking e. Fucking long. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so just kind of moved around forever, like Germany, Alaska, Guam. Uh, but I would well, spend uh, the most time South Carolina, Mississippi. My dad's from Florida, so I got family Georgia, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. So I just say I'm from the South because it's just cleaner. Um, yeah. But yeah, it kind of directly affected music, like going from Guam to Alaska you know, Germany, wherever, like, I didn't have much music. And then my parents c- came to Jesus and realized I was never gonna have an interest in sports. So <laughs> I think we got to South Carolina. And my mom was like, Well, you got to do something. So I started playing trombone. So that's probably sixth grade, I think I was in South Carolina. Uh And like, you know, I, I didn't really like it. Yeah. Uh, it was it was fine. It gave me something to do. Like, I really loved video games and drawing, but like my parents didn't really teach me that I could do anything <laughs> with those art forms. Sure. So I was just like, I, okay, I, I never really knew. So I started cooking, and that was fine because my dad was a cook, and he really pushed that on me. And then at it's probably 12, or 13, yeah, 12, he also realized I didn't really want to do that. So then he gave me a Megadeth CD. Uh-huh. And then from there, I was like, oh, I like this a lot. And then I begged my mom to buy me a guitar. And I had one of those uh, BC Rich you know, it looks oh, like yeah. like a demon's horn black uh-huh. guitar. <laughs> so start doing that. And I would learn songs by like the gorillas on this really heavy guitar for no reason. And then I think a couple years later, at that that boom of like Fallout Boy, Mike McCromance, mm-hmm. uh like I discovered that in like fuse TV. And Hot Topic. Oh, Fuse but TV. All... Yes. Steven's remember The Untitled yeah. Rock Show. Yes. I've been trying to remember that show for months. Thank yeah. you. Yes. I loved that show. Um, but the problem was still that I was in Alaska. So mm-hmm. Chiodos came up one year because they have that song, There's the Penguins in Alaska. Yeah. And that was it. So then like five years of that, and I finally moved back down south to Mississippi at probably 15 going on 16. And then, like around that time, was like big Hot Topic core, mm-hmm. Devours Prada, August Burns Red, Skylit Drive, uh, Attack Attack. So I kind of got back into shows in that vein. And then, like very quickly, all of the like long haired metal bros were just like, "This is pussy shit." And then, yeah. like wanting to impress them for some whatever reason, that got me into really heavier stuff, like weird stuff, like Between the Buried and Me, Yeah, uh, yeah. Protest the Hero. Um, but earlier, my constants were, like, coding and Cambria at the drive-in. But since they had got some commercial acclaim, all the heavy dude bros were just like, nah, that's not real heavy music, No, which is ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Coheed yeah. makes sense for you because you got, like, you shred on that thing, and you got, like, you. some of the proggy punk.
1: Yeah. If I had any discipline and, and I, like, kept playing guitar for three hours a day like I did in high school, we probably would just be a Coheed ripoff band. But unfortunately, <laughs> I, I stopped. Um, but so went from that, those were always my constants at the drive in Coheed, mm-hmm. uh, dance cabin dance was a big one. All ones where it's was like, wow, there are black and brown people yeah, who c- playing stuff in time signatures. I can't even count. Um, mm. but for whatever reason, I got really into like metalcore heavy stuff. And that was me, my intro and actually playing in bands at like 18, 17 or 18, but I was too nervous to be like a front person. So I, I started playing in bands, playing bass. And like doing backup screams here and there, depending on the band. And then I guess by the time I got to Missouri, I was just like, I'm kind of burnt out on like being the token black guy that all these dudes that are singing real misogynistic shit want to be like, see, we're not problematic. So then at 20, I started like writing my own stuff and performing a little bit. And I'd be like, this is my side project. And I give it some dumb little name. Yeah. Uh, so like the, the people would know not to take me seriously. And I'm like, no, I'm the bassist, but here's my dumb stuff that I do. And then I kind of, moved to kansas city missouri and i don't want to say flounder but just like dicked around for like five years yeah sure like, all right you know like where i didn't have the confidence but i knew i wanted to be in a band so i put a couple together and like there's a folk punk band it was called jib jab jones and the indigo circus it's the dumbest name you can think of <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah there a lot of shame around that stupid band names people are like are you eric and i'm like yeah like on the folk punk subreddit and stuff i saw but, the I sean bennett Call out in yes, one of your songs, yeah. and I was like, yeah. "Hell yeah, yeah!" A J J, Paul Baraboo, mm-hmm. um, Defiance Ohio, yeah, Defiance Ohio, all that stuff. Like yeah. that was me, like nineteen to twenty-two, and then I came to Jesus, and I was like, "There's definitely no if there's no money in indie, there's no money in folk punk. Put a band together. So <laughs> tried to do that in Kansas City." had just terrible experience after terrible experience being like the one black guy still, even though I was singing the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then that kind of brings me to now of like being like, I'm just gonna move to New York and like try and play music. And then that's kind of where the whole, how'd you meet starts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You talk about your family on the song white sheep has, mm-hmm. has your relationship grown any better? Is any, any sort of reconciliation happening?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, which is hilarious, because when we were writing that album, and I was just, like, fine with it, and then, we like, we set a date, and y'all remember me being, like, should this be on here? Like, I was yeah. like, gonna hate? Me? You remember just, like, me freaking like, the like, fuck out when it became real? Like, yeah. I was like, maybe we should cut it. Maybe we should cut like,
3: it. It was so much, it was about the family, you're like, my family's gonna fucking hate this. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm like, do it
1: yeah luckily like that's like the theme of this band like with a lot of like or like on this current record it was um done talking i was like i don't know about this one i don't know about this one and it's always the ones that people resonate with or like a lot and that and these two are just like nah leave it on there yeah and that was a big catalyst for my family like being like oh he will cut us off and then slander our names <laughs> if we don't like make a change so <laughs> it's gotten a lot better um yeah it. No no, but like really like I moved to New York and like I didn't see them for probably close to 3 years and that that was kind of the catalyst that kind of, so they'd be like, "Oh, this is real. We should probably be a bit nicer." So like they still fumble, but you know, that's good. I'm the, I'm, I'm the outsider, but they're they're try. They're all straight, they're all athletes, like yeah. good athletes and then me. So it it took some time but now it's, it's a lot, it's a lot better. And, you know, with time, everything changes. I'm in my thirties now. It's a lot different than when I was 22, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's been, got a lot better, a lot better actually. That's so good to hear. It's like one of those things that you,
0: you know, everybody's life is their own life, but you like to see mm. reconciliation where you can.
1: Yeah. the reconcil- Half reconciliation, half hard boundaries where it's just like, we just won't even go there and that's what it has to be. Hey, sometimes you know. that's just all it takes. Yeah. So it, it's been nice. It's been, especially my mom seeing her, like, just becoming one of my biggest advocates. Like, it, it helps that the band has done some truly great things, but she's just, I could, like, feel the pride emanating. Like, she loves to be like, my son, he's in Europe right now touring with his band. That's like, so cool. <laughs> it, it's just like, just, and they're just like, wow, how did you do that? It's like, oh, you have a, a niece that wants to play music? Let me ask Eric. So it's like, it's a cool like we finally have stuff to talk about through like now that like they see that for one I have had found best friends through this yeah and that's changed my life for the better and that there's a possibility for me to do it on my own terms and that we can do things like so it's a lot it's a lot more of a two way street our relationship now it's 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 a lot better
0: yeah that's great I love that line that you have about moving to Kansas City or moving from Kansas City to New York and expecting to be something but you're just. The Smallest Pebble on the, on the beach there. Um, oh, oh! what song is that? I don't know because you oh, have so on. many songs with long yes. titles. I can't keep up. Sorry. <laughs> it's I a know, Perks. I love it. Yeah, from the first record, Perks. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. was um, intense. <laughs> what was, uh, yeah, what was the first song. few years like of, of just, you know, was it existed? The, the fantasy of having a band was just a fantasy for a while.
1: Yeah. Like in New York or just specifically? In New
0: York, yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it was really lonely. Like I moved here with my ex and we were the only, we only knew each other. Um, mm-hmm. So I literally only found the emo scene because I, on the emo subreddit, it's like, what's your scene like in your area? And I was like, I don't know. I've lived here three years and I can't find it. And then one of my good friends now, Jackson, was just like, oh, no, that sucks. Come to a show. Yeah. And it was, um, stay inside uh Bartizia strange, the band yeah. he used to be in like an ep release so it was them good looking friends um oh my god what's um the big three what was the other one stay inside looking friends and who jan was in it you remember who i'm talking about y'all what was their band good oh. looking friends the guy dated
3: oh, oh, the lead nervous singer yes oh
1: sure yeah yeah so and that was like it and like in, in that one show i met Bartiz, i met chris johns i i met just everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of like, it, it went from three years of nothing to zero, a hundred, and probably like six months later, I met Elijah. And then four-ish months later, I met Tosh. So it was kind of like a whole lot of nothing and being alone and being like, should I just move back to Kansas City? And then like, just a, I don't know, a flame just ignited and I met everybody and then we just kind of hit the ground running.
0: Yeah. And you, you and Elijah, did you play all of the... Um... You played all of the first record, like you recorded it all with just the two of you.
1: Hmm. Yeah. In in Ridgewood, where I live now, in Ridgewood, Queens, and I just did the bass and lead guitar. Even now, I still did lead guitar, but yeah, just we just split. Like all the percussion stuff was
2: him, and I just did pretty much everything else. I think. Right. Yeah. Yes. Who recorded that? Maybe had a friend, you had a friend do a solo for one of the oh, songs.
1: Oh. No, yeah, so Dalton did. Yeah, my friend Dalton uh back home from Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, I was just like I don't know if I'm a good lead guitarist and then like he kind of came into the studio with me and like we would half write parts together on the spot. Um so that's why like the first record the bass lines are so boring because I wrote them <laughs> or like the lead guitar is so all over the place because I didn't because we wrote them on the spot. So like like the first record is like figuring out what to do yeah and then, like, tosh came in and it's just like oh we really like baselines can be punchy and in your face and they can take over the whole song and like be the focal point like i didn't know that until then
0: tosh you write some fucking cool baselines i have to say yeah.
3: <laughs> i as people call me i don't know who said this but i am the lead bassist of. <laughs> so it's like kind of go with it
1: it really sticks like how many times eli where we're like we have the song like uh Huerta on the newest record is a good one. And like, I was like, it's flat, something's not right. And then like the, Tosh's chorus part, boom, boom, bun mm-hmm. And we were just like, oh my God, that's what was missing. Like, it really, Tosh knows how to add a layer that like I don't even know is missing until I hear it.
0: What were the common influences
1: um, when y'all first started? None. Like, that's the joke that we always have, right? Yeah. Is that we have such drastically different ones. Like,
3: we spent like one of the days outside my place in Bushwick. The three of us sat at a at, at an umbrella and tried to find one artist that would <laughs> each one say that yes.
1: Yeah.
0: What
3: do. was it? <laughs> yeah.
1: Was it Taking Back Sunday? No. No?
3: We found a lot of mutuals between, you know, the two, but it was always two out of three up until yeah. I think it was does anybody remember?
1: No. I know we all, was it Vic Mensa? But that's mm-hmm. a rapper though. As far yeah. as a band, yeah. did we all,
2: we all grew with like Vic Mensa and that's, that's about it's it. That's so funny. Yeah. No, I don't remember yeah. there being one band.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's always like a rapper. Like, <laughs> In the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Which plays a lot into our aesthetic and writing process like following rappers. But like as far as a band, I can't remember what it was to save my life. But I think <laughs> it was like a Taking Back Sunday type of arena, like that area. Yeah. Because I don't, Tosh, you didn't come up you didn't really listen to Follow Up Boy like we did.
3: Nah, I didn't. Um, the, like, Eric and I, the only things we connected on was like the killers. Yeah. Killers is the biggest one.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we all just but, had um, such drastically different tastes growing up. And that's why like, like our music sounds the way it does, though, which like, it works out for the better. But yeah, I don't think there's one common band, at least right now that I can think of off top that we all were just like, Oh yeah, that's one. Yeah. Eric, you're lyrically just such
0: an open book i get that the impression that you write the way you write because that's how it's always been is that accurate mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah i mean coming up like so i've never been like a drug person like i've only ever smoked a cigarette once and i'd be surrounded by guys that are just like i had to drop a tab to get into that headspace to write mm. And so I always felt pretty mechanical, which I learned later in life was autism. But I always felt oh, pretty wow. mechanical, yeah. And uh, yeah, gang, gang. And I and I was just like, huh? I don't know. They're like, well, what's your process? I was like, I, I have a chord progression, and then I put words on it, and then that's it. So I I would try to do like the your eyes are like the willow of the wisp in the green forest, and it just <laughs> felt really uh-huh. uh, just fucking phony. So and then like I discovered say anything in high school mm. in the wonder years mm-hmm. at like nineteen. And I was like, oh, you can say a lot by being blunt. You can say a lot because I've always been a brash, in-your-face, quick-to-fight individual. I was like, oh, I could use that to my advantage. I don't think I have to do, like, the really, I don't know, the road less traveled. What does it mean? Like, I can tell you what I mean. and It could still be beautiful. And yeah. especially, like, it's a very black experience. Like, you wrote this. You thought this. Like, being thought to make being made to think that you don't have deep thoughts, you know what I mean? Mm. Um so it's like oh I can again the rap influence. I can have a cr- crazy wordplay and it's just as beautiful as trying to make a metaphor or a simile. Yeah. It's always the thought process.
0: Um when did you discover that you have autism? <laughs> like literally like uh less than 2 years ago. Oh wow. Yeah, very fresh.
1: 30 years old.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder a couple of months ago. So yeah, nice. I can better late than, yeah, late than never. Very much late. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know
3: gang gang over that. He said gang
1: gang. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, my whole life, that's what like doctors told me it was, was bipolar disorder. And then like I saw Elon Musk on SNL and he was like, I'm the first host ever that uh, has Asperger's. And mm-hmm. I was like, who is Elon Musk? And what is Asperger's? And then it drew, took me down the rabbit hole, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's me to a tee wow, So I kind of yeah. did a whole journey. It was it was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just learned my my younger brother has um, face blindness too, so he's kind of on the spectrum mm. too. But it's we've just mm-hmm. learned so much since discovering you know that about him, and now you know me, um, you know makes sense that I'm always. Talking a million miles a minute when I
1: call him specifically <laughs> and
0: he doesn't really yeah. stop me. <laughs> He's yeah. Just like, well, that's like, how you like, are,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. All the things that fall into place. Like touring for us is so much different now. Like how so? I I, I mean, I'm gonna speak for all of us, but like I feel like I'm not just going to the bathroom to scream, cry, and act like nothing's wrong. Like oh, I could sure. just like stem and be like, Hey, I'm freaking out and I'm not sure why yet. And like it just helps. Like it's just a lot easier yeah. talking to my bandmates and like knowing that they're not going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like just life in general is easier, but like this very specific high stress job is drastically easier. Now, that, like having the answer at 30, you know what I mean? Yeah. Than
3: having it never. Tosh, yeah, Sheila, yeah. That, it's, it's so much better. Like after you stop masking, Eric, like we mm. can see you and we know you and we're able to see you every day <laughs> so yeah. you, you, it's such it's such like a beautiful feeling to have your boy like your brother there constantly and mm-hmm. taking on these you know these situations Wow, you know it's, yeah so we can all be there together and support and we don't have to like fake it or like mask it or anything anymore we can just yeah. be there
1: and touring think- has always been fun not that it was ever like a problem but like we're all we've always been really good at like getting what each other needs or like seeing okay. someone ramp up or being like, I just don't want to do this today. Like we've always been really good about that, but like, it's just one step. For me personally, it's like even better somehow, which is fucking great.
0: Yeah. When you say masking, what is, what does that term mean?
1: Uh, so masking is something we do to like uh, air quotes here for people listening seem normal. Um, uh-huh. So usually when I'm just like, talking or whatever excited i'm usually probably b- nodding my head like this mm-hmm. and i don't notice that i'm doing it or i'm talking really really loudly and i'm not aware so i'm asking as being like all right modulate your volume oh this person's coming up uh their instagram post yesterday they like cats and they like pizza talk to me about that like so just oh, kind of okay making yourself more palatable and mm. doing behaviors that aren't necessarily you but to make yourself seem a baseline normal
0: yeah like i yeah. pre
1: pre uh pre-scripting is another one like just i know what i'm going to talk about before i see someone like stuff like that just pretty much like making it as easy accessible palatable as possible
0: yeah yeah i can i can relate to that in a certain sense it's for me it's Mm -hmm. um Let's have a podcast, and I'll have you t- come to me, and then I can talk to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Making it, turning this, like, 13-minute prog rock song in my head to a nice Carly Rae Jepsen two minutes, 50 seconds uh, song. You oh, know, I love that. that pretty much.
0: <laughs> um, I love something that you do on on all three of your records, which is, you know, Curtains Up, Curtains Down, or, or Shuck and Jive. It's this very direct address to the audience, the mm. first person communications of like there's what i love is this intentionality that you put to like what these songs are for you mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. um i guess on the on the first record when you talk about the stage fright are you Is that still something mm-hmm. that you
1: struggle with or has it gotten easier <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm terrified um like it gets easier in a sense where like when what's the biggest show we've probably done union transfer tosh what is that 1500 people yeah like stuff like that it's a lot like a lot Mm -hmm. but is it 2000 no no okay but it's a lot like now like i have a baseline anxiety where it's like whether it's 30 people or a thousand or 1500 i'm just like i'm i'm the same amount of nervous as opposed to like back i don't know as we grew the more people would show up the more nervous i would get and now it's just a normal like whether it's one person or a thousand it's the normal amount which is a lot helpful but still it's there like I think we all get pretty stage fright moments, like at Union Transfer, Jahari, our fill-in, he was fucking terrified, or like depending on like life events, like. But it's just something to work around, and again, we're all good at communicating with each other because it used to just be like, "Oh, I'll just take four shots right before we go on," and now mm-hmm. it's like, "I'm just gonna drink some water," and i'm gonna tell y'all that I'm freaking the fuck mm-hmm. out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I need a pep talk. So it's a lot better, and like I think Tosh, like Union Transfer, also we were all feeling it that day, and we were just oh, like, yeah. "What do you I mean?" Was
3: like you transfer—that was when I was 10 weeks postpartum i think and i Mm, completely flipped out like 15 minutes before we were supposed to play Mm
2: -hmm. and i
3: broke down and then you and elijah were like we'll do anything just let us know we could stop the show we'll do anything until you're you're okay you know you guys calmed me down so much as well
1: yeah so just like there's always a team effort eli do you even get nervous like not in general, but like No <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know the word, but yeah, because like, right? like, <laughs> I've seen Jahari, you right? I've seen Jahari freak out, Tosh freak out, me freak out, Alexa. You and John seem to be fine though all the time.
2: Yeah, I don't I there's you know, it's definitely moments, and I would say it's probably spurred on usually more from like personal matters. It, you know, just say like a personal thing happens to coincide with the performance, but mm-hmm. in in terms of you know, yeah, like the the kind of natural nervousness that you would get, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's happened yet. I'm sure it will at some point. Like you know, yeah, yeah, speaking it into existence. Whenever we open for Taking Back Sunday, I probably will like freak out. <laughs> oh anyway. yeah, once we what? hit
1: the five thousand mark. I'm yeah. be like, hey, Why are there so many people looking at? What, don't look. Turn around.
2: <laughs> yeah, just <this laughs> you know very mean? much like childhood influences when yeah. that begins to happen a little bit sure. more frequently. Like I'll probably be like, "What's going on?"
1: Yeah, I feel that.
3: Yeah, you know, with the nurse thing, it's funny because Eric and I often ask ourselves, like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> 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 I feel like I personally don't like being in front of a bunch of people and then yeah. being in the is on a stage. <laughs> you think to yourself, wait a second, whose great idea was this? <laughs> yeah, right. I <laughs> love it, you know? Yeah. I feel like things
0: happen pretty quickly for you. You put that record out and you went to Europe a few times. You played the Gethard mm-hmm. Show.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, And then you did... I spent the winter writing songs about getting better. Tosh is in the band at that point. I can't wait mm-hmm. to go back and listen now, knowing this fully that Tosh is
1: on those bass lines. Who produced that record? Yeah. Um, The guy who produced the first one, uh, his studio is Speaker Sonic Studio. His name is Brian Speaker. Um, he moved to Berlin in COVID, though, so he had a studio here in Ridgewood. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Um, and then for a short time, a studio in Greenpoint. Um, yeah, I think... Found them through a mutual friend, Bodega Dreams, put really recorded an EP with him. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm paying for this all for myself, so I can't afford the big bucks, guys. Who's a good local producer that you trust? And uh, yeah, we he's been a homie to this day. When we played Berlin last year, he came out to the show, like, really cool guy.
3: I got to warn you, um, <laughs> if you're going to listen to LP2 bass, I kind of went hard on it and rightfully way too hard <laughs> i guess i felt like i had something to prove or something so yes. i think he's a little unnecessarily fast and complex
0: <laughs> that tends to be the thing right i would i love the quote of dan andriano from the alkaline trio saying how much the goddamn bass lines
1: drive him crazy because they're too active <laughs> i'm
0: like what are you talking
1: That's- about yeah yeah, we have a lot of goddamn it parts in general. And it's just like, why did we, who are we trying to impress? Ourselves and each other, clearly. But yeah, I know what you mean. I love the title
0: track on that record. It's just one of those songs with all the references flooding in. It's like dopamine hit yeah. after dopamine hit. Like, ah, I know what that's he's talking the, about.
1: <laughs> the closer, right? Yeah. Would you believe we wrote that about six days before we went to the studio to record it? No, that's crazy. <laughs> Because we, for some reason, we booked the dates, then we went on tour in Europe, and then we got back with, what, like, less than a, three weeks to spare? And I was like, I still have to write, like, three or four songs. So I think it was, what, what were the ones that we had to finish? I, that one was, like, I was doing lyrics up until the day before. Wow. And White Sheep, I want to say Lime Green, Jerry Curl, and maybe those, maybe it's just those three. But yeah, and it was just like, yo, we still have some work to do, y'all. <laughs>
0: The, that title's a Wonder Years lyric, right? Yes. Yeah. Did I read that you yeah. you worked with Dan Campbell on one of the songs?
1: Um, no. So he produced the last record, this newest one. So oh, wow. it was in lockdown, so we couldn't meet up in person. But over Zoom, we would like, I don't know, every Saturday, Sunday morning, we would meet up over Zoom and be like, what do you got? What have you been working on? And then he'd be like, all right, cool. And like, what if we did this, 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 this? Because the whole thing was that it was in lockdown. So like... Me and Elijah wrote 10 songs before he moved to Denver at the time in about, I don't know, a week and a half. And then I was like, all right, we still got to write five more. And then that's where Dan stepped in and he helped polish the stuff with us. And then but for the last record, I, I just shot my shot and DM'd him. I was like, do you mind if I name my album this? You have no idea who I am, but maybe one day. And he was like, yeah, go for it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. What was it like working with him in lockdown? I mean, you have to learn to just like learn so much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, all of it was weird, like, because again, we hit the ground running. So it's like we put out our record and then we were in Europe and TV and then like, then it was time to be it for the next record and then lockdown grinded everything to a halt. So it was kind of at that time where we were coming out of that halt. And then Elijah, motherfucker, was like, hey, I'm going to move to Denver. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, we have an album to write, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Uh, and it was just like okay, and then what did you say? I'm leaving in like three weeks. And I was just like, D- don't do this,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? It was
1: like, did you give me yeah. like three weeks notice, right?
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm treacherous. Yeah. <laughs> so, the I so,
3: so is that Elijah left for the weekend?
2: <laughs> it never
1: came and then, back didn't then come back for like four months because then this covid shit turned out to be serious and then he came back i was like all right we got our boy back let's do this and then no and then you so we did had to write...
2: not have your boy back
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> psych so then we had to write 10 songs and then about that time dan's like you working on stuff i was like yeah oh yes he was like would you be interested in me producing like and i was like uh-huh sure yeah i gotta go we, we're writing right now and then like <laughs> then he's just like no seriously and i was like okay yeah we've got 10 instrumentals so that's the way we do it is we get all the instrumentals done first and then i put songs to or lyrics to it that way it can go into an order that flows mm. and then dan just came in and then the lyrics it was re- pretty much lyrics and being like like gene was only or no gene was probably like six what was the issue with gene it was too short or too long the initial draft is drastically different than what Dan
2: made it. Uh, into. It was too long.
1: Too long. So it was probably like six minutes then. And then and then he was like, Yeah, it was too long. And he was like, This this should be the single. I ended up not being the single. And you need to get this down to like radio length. And I was like, Okay, what's that? He's like, Three minutes. And then I was like, How about four? <laughs> <laughs> so it clocks in just under four minutes. And like, so mostly Dan, it was just like, these lyrics are good, but like the order of what you're saying in the story could be like tightened up, and that mm-hmm. never really occurred to me. I've always just like, again, assembly line. So it's like here it is, right? So it like just comes stuff out. like, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff like Where to, Jean, um, Milk and Honey. He was like, you could do this in a different order, and it would flow a lot better. And I was like, holy shit! It was just like you're saying. Or my problem, as you all have heard, is I cram in too many words. So he'd be like, how about we get this down to where you can breathe when you're playing it live? And I was just yeah. like. Wow, that's loud? <laughs> so a lot more like structuring or being like, this line is good, but like, you can punch it up so it hits harder. Like, what's another rhyming word you could use? Mm. So a lot more, um, because you know he's a lyricist first. So like, I would be like, here are the chords, and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like stuff like shuck and jive is just so hard to sing and play. So I'd be like, all right, you're married to this, then let's just get what's the craziest melody you can do. So Shuck and Jive is me having, like, faith in myself to actually, like, belt a song front to back, and that's all Dan. So it's him just, like, punching up, being like, no, you can do this. You've been doing this. Your fans are telling you you can do it. Let's go for it.
0: Yeah. I really, what popped out to me is the the story about Gene, because it's, that song is heartbreaking enough, and then that um, news report comes in, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Um,
1: That was, that Gene's a friend of yours? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Kansas City days. So I've known Gene since I was, God, probably a few months after moving to Kansas City. So 20 years old. Yeah, I'm 32 now. Yeah. Um, and his passing, I just never really felt like comfortable writing about it. Um, and I don't know, like I felt finally by that last record that I like was there as a songwriter mm-hmm. and as a guitarist um, to where I could write something that would actually like do him justice. He is a very big... Louder Than Life individual and I just never felt confident enough to give him the credit he was due and um, so yeah Dan really turned that song into pretty much into what it is like it really makes the most sense in the version it's in now and then like in the studio it was also Bartiz being like this harmony is cool but like you should really like this is is the song you should really try something different and like go for it so it it was a mix of that song specifically was like bringing us into the era that we're in now, I think. And then like Tasha's bass um, Elijah's drums at the end. Like it really just everything that we do where we don't sync up with our influences getting put into one song. Mm -hmm. That's one of them for sure.
0: The great American novel, like your, your record, it's a concept record, um, meant Mm. to read like a novel. Like how did the idea of the concept record come into your head? And Tasha and Eli, when you're hearing this idea, what are, you, what are you thinking?
1: Is this like,
0: <laughs> okay, okay, dude, sure sounds good? Or
1: are you like, yeah, fucking let's do it? Ooh, I want to know the answer to this, too, because I feel like I sound insane when I pitch <laughs> stuff to y'all. So how do y'all actually feel when you hear these pitches? Ass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Um, no, nah, I mean, I think because I'd probably say this was maybe the first record where I was hearing the instrumentation before the lyrics because for the the previous two albums, the lyrics were always either in tandem with the instrumentation already in mind or at the forefront. So this was kind of the first one where it was like, okay, let's figure out the structure of the songs. And then I was hearing the lyrics. Yeah. So that was really interesting for me. And I was just really fascinated with what Eric wanted to do. You know, he was like, you know, certain songs started out in certain ways, but like, you know, I still think about how with the, God, why am I blanking the first single for this album? Red, white and blue. Oh, red, Red, white and blue. blue, Yes. Um, Where it was like, I think that originally started as like a song that was like in seven, four or some odd meter. (laughs) yeah then i was like what if we just take that on meter and like make it as like the bridge Mm -hmm. and even like with worth that where it was like i think the heavy part was the verse and i was Mm -hmm. like what if we made the heavy part the chorus and then i've been working on this weird kind of samba rhythm we'll make that into the verse
3: yeah so
2: it it was really just fascinating just to hear the musical ideas first because I, mm-hmm. at this point, I, I trust whatever Eric wants to do lyrically because he's just really oh, great you. as a lyricist. So oh, thank you. yeah, you know, so it's like I'm like I know you're gonna tell your truth. You're gonna say it in a lot of words, and you're gonna regret mm-hmm. it, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're as long as you're comfortable with it let's let's yeah. rock so it, it, it was a different experience for this one but really really yeah. nice because
1: the context real quick tosh before you go the context is that it used to be like i would just do a phone recording of a song and be like here it is but then in lockdown with that stimmy money i got this beautiful focus right mm. interface that you mm-hmm. see so i got GarageBand and i was finally able to like be like here's an idea i'm working on and we actually like it's the first time we actually collaboratively written a record and it shows so now tosh take it away
3: yeah, I was just about to say that as well. It was very collaborative. Like, uh, for example, Bring It Back Red, Ryan Blue, which was originally called Take It Back Tashi. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. their nice name. We <laughs> were together in the practice mm-hmm. studio on spot. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, this record is also the first time that I wrote the bass lines last. So, that's, mm-hmm. this was after Eli had the drums, mm-hmm. Eric had the music we still didn't have the lyrics, which was great. So mm-hmm. that was something new for me because we wanted to have the <laughs> rhythm and bass like really lined up and really, you know, in sync with each other. Um And then above all, I guess this is, this record was very outside my wheelhouse, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Panic. A girl. <laughs> I like pop-punk, you know, like pop-punk. Hormones, you know? yeah. But this record was like, so I dredged up this metal lick from like when I was fourteen and we're gonna make this into a record. And I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> so, so I had to yeah, work think... outside my comfort zone entirely. Mm. But like I we think... have to make you
1: a playlist, right?
3: Huh?
1: We have to make you like a playlist like a metal oh, yeah. influence there was a playlist. Yeah.
3: Spotify inspire and list. And I'm listening to these mm-hmm. songs. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck these dudes are playing, but I um uh, <laughs> did the best I could. It was a lot of fun. I love it. Can't wait to do more. Hey, these yeah, these songs really stretch as...
0: out like the dynamics Thank you. of the band.
1: Thank you. And then as far as like lyrically, I was like, I knew I think I had the title because I like to like reference. Obviously, I'm reference heavy, and I say a line about we're all writing our great American novel on the title track of the last record. Mm-hmm. So I was just like thinking of like title ideas, and I was listening to the last record. And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm sure I could build some concepts around that. And I don't think I have, if I necessarily told y'all the concept yet, cause I, I usually make a Google doc and it has like all the ideas, like maybe a, a voice recording of a riff and like the five ish main themes I kind of want to go for overall, but I don't think I had the exact story yet. And I think that kind of, as me and Dan wrote it, I put it out there to them and they were, I was like, after every record, I'm like, do y'all like this? Do you think it's as good, if not better than the last thing we did? Are you happy? And, uh, Luckily, they were just like, yeah. So I, I tend to not ask lyrically because I'm always concerned that they'd be like, I hate this. So like, there's a moment on one of the last tours where Elijah was like, oh, do you want me to do the backing vocals on Gene? And I was like, you know the words to Gene, <laughs> which is like, you you wrote the song, of course you should know the lyrics. So like, for me, it's always just like thinking that I, that they're gonna hate it, and then they're just like, no, I know, of course I know all the words. It's great. And I'm just like, oh, cool, you know. So I just kind of panic, and then think they're gonna think these are insane ideas and then they're just like yeah do it go for it
0: how is it working with bartice
1: strange as the producer oh. beautiful. beautiful yeah i think we're all in agreement that our first real studio experience was like the first record so like we kind of like had a I, for me personally i don't want to speak for everyone but like a lot of bad habits that i learned mm. and then like bartice was just like but you could do this and i'd be like that's allowed. Like, I feel like it was a very much like, I usually have a panic attack in the studio and cry. And I I did this time, but it was just because I was singing Gene and I got sad and not Mm -hmm. because I was overwhelmed. I almost had a panic attack. And then Eli was like, drink some water, take a breath. And like, that was kind of like the the thought behind it. Like it was very intentional, I think. And we just posted up in Virginia and we had like a good advance this time where we were just like, yeah, we could like live here for a week and do, you know what I mean? Like, how do y'all feel? Like, it was, it was, I think it was one of the best times for me.
2: Yeah. Bartis is just great. And I mean, it's like, he's also just a wealth of musical knowledge to where it's like, Mm -hmm. if you're like, Hey, you throw this reference point at him. If he doesn't know it, he'll like take it in and be like, okay, like we can figure it out. So like, yeah. For red, white, and blue at the end, when it's just like really chaotic, I was like, we need some block party, like siren guitar like on oh, here yeah, yeah. and bartice yeah. was like say no more i got you bro and just, <laughs> yeah knocked bro. it out and then i was like even Yo. better let's do a syncopated guitar riff on top of that and he was <laughs> like yeah dog i got you so yeah. like was he, like, what's the
1: key got yeah.
2: it. Then- <laughs> <laughs> so like all you know just very willing to like indulge in like these these things that we wanted to do um but then also just like you know, just knowing how to to guide us in a really, really great way as well. He was always yeah. very encouraging, but also mm-hmm. calm too. Like, I think that's the great thing. He was just like mm-hmm. very, I think sometimes you can go into a studio and like feel a little intimidated, but he yeah. was very um, good about just like making us feel comfortable listening to ideas, us hearing maybe mm-hmm. ideas he had, and if it didn't work out, being cool with it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think Elijah said pretty much everything that I would have said. Um, it was the most positive recording experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable, Bartiz. It's just a lot of fun to be around in general. You know, like mm-hmm. aside from recording, hanging out with him yeah. at his place, eating hilarious, beer, eating the fucking <laughs> shit. You know, just being yeah. out there on the streets. It was just a lot of fun. I had fun, and it was very comfortable is present yeah
1: yeah
0: just a great time i love the sounds that are on those songs like gene and ganymede oh my mm-hmm. god
1: just so pretty thank you yeah they'd be like i have this idea that, like i don't know what this instrument would be or like for me i use a lot of like i want it to sound like like dark blue or like i want it to sound like scary mm-hmm. like, oh scary mm-hmm. got it and then you just dialed in and just like on first try i'm like yeah you got it you know, or like, I want this part to sound like a broken down toy trying to come to life. And uh, and he's just like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> and just gets it there. And then it's it's insane because usually I feel like I'm rambling. And, and but he's the first person in a studio setting was like, I know what you mean. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I love
0: that. I think that's your best record, like by far. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Is that where we're going for LP4? You think we're going to continue the
1: expansion or are we not there yet? Oh, I've got the idea. I pitch, again, it's another idea I pitched through them, and I thought they're going to hate this. It's insane. So I have the idea. I'm not going to talk about it, but it's going to be <laughs> different, and and I hope a really cool way. Um,
2: we're, we're bossing
1: up. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> bossing up on these niggas. Hey. But yeah, no, it's like it's going to be. I hope a departure, but people are going to be like, I get it though. Yeah. Like as with this record, I think we took a big swing. We had a crossroads. Like, do we want to stay? Like a straight and through emo band, not that there's anything wrong with the genre, or do we want to push for all the influences that I know we all have collectively? And I always talk about, like, let's do something that's like eleven seven 7 time. Let's, like, what if this part just ends a measure early for no reason? Like, you know, like, so there's always those thoughts that we have as we all have such varied music interest and on tour when we're DJing, we're like, what's that song? And we all just like give each other ideas. Like, so we've got some stuff that we're thinking about. And I think, it will make sense in a very peculiar way, hopefully
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you all so much for
1: coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thank you for having us. I realize really we haven't done an interview, let alone one all of us together in a minute, so thank you for having us.. Hell-